Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Susan McClendon, and you're probably wondering why Brad is not sitting here. So it was a uh, last-minute uh, change. Um, as you know, we have been um, following and been involved in the efforts of helping the folks in the Bahamas. And um, to be honest, Brad has had ants in his pants about wanting to go there. And <clears throat> as you know, we've got um, two close friends there. One's name is Wilson, and then one is Daryl. Uh, one is in Treasure Cay, the other one is in Cherokee. And um, Brad's been wanting to go there and has not been able to because he was called for jury duty on Monday. So we had to wait until he went before the judge and pleaded his case about getting out of it this round and being able to go to the Bahamas. So yesterday afternoon, we were able to find out that he was dismissed from his uh, responsibility to do jury duty. And then he, it was full throttle. It was start packing, um, you know, figuring out the logistics. There's a, a young man named Anthony from Alabama that felt led to also go with Brad. Thank, I'm thankful for that. And um, we all were just on full throttle. I mean, I ran out yesterday and got granola bars and protein bars and travel size items and Tums and Advil and Collodial Silver. Well, actually, um, Lisa, our dear friend, um, went and got us Collodial Silver and it's been a blessing. So um, that'll help Daryl, who has an eye infection there in the Bahamas and is not able to get um, to any medicine. So. I really just wanted to talk briefly today. Um, Y'all, some of you may be just kind of overwhelmed and maybe not tired, but it's a lot. I mean, we're inundated from Facebook posts and the news and people, but you know, this has been really near and dear to our hearts as I know it has for many of you. And I just wanted to just kind of talk about, you know, why we got involved and um, what our plans are. I know many of you have been so generous um, in your donations, and I first wanted to update you on that. So let me back up. So just to give you um, a, a, a kind of a history of how this all came to be, um, we all know that uh, Hurricane Dorian uh, came through as a Hurricane 5, Category 5, back on Sunday, September 1st, and it really targeted, it landed on the Bahamas, primarily um, in the Abaco Islands. And it had winds up to 220 miles an hour and a storm surge, forgive me for having to put my glasses on, 18 to 23 feet above normal tide levels. Um, you know, those winds at 220 miles an hour and it hovered. I mean, it was like at eight miles an hour moving and then it was down to one mile an hour. It basically hovered over the islands. And um, it just, it devastated those islands and um, it impacted 73,000 residents and there are 21,000 homes. And this is just in the Abaco and the Grand Bahama area. I mean, there are other outlying um, smaller villages and, and islands, but that was the, the greatest impact. Um, so, you know, sitting there watching all of this, you know, we were also being in Myrtle Beach and people in Florida and North Carolina, we were 
had a threat of this impacting us, which we hardly got anything. We got some gusts of wind and a little bit of flooding down our road. But when you see the devastation impacting all these people, you know, not only their homes, but the people and the animals and the property and, you know, these people couldn't get away. I mean, granted, they had notification it was coming, but you've got to understand these are a lot of these people are very poor. Bahamas uh, main industry is tourism. So many of these people work as, you know, bartenders, wait staff, dishwashers, you know, cleaning um, resorts. And they didn't have the means to get on a plane and leave like many others were able to. Um, so they had to stay and, and, and hunker down. And you'll see these areas. I'm going to show um, one of these videos that shows like a before and after. I'm going to show it at the end because it has a song. And um, it, it looks like from my perspective that it was like King Kong came down and just literally just stomped on these villages and communities and there's nothing, nothing left. And so sitting here watching all of that, you know, I just felt like we have to do something. You know, I I've never done a GoFundMe page before, um, you know. But I felt like I just can't sit here and do nothing. And I just said to Brad, what do you think about us starting a GoFundMe page? You know, we've never done one before. Um, but let's just see if anything, even if we can raise just a little bit of money. You know, we know two families that this will directly impact. He said, absolutely, let's do it. So that's kind of the birth of the GoFundMe page, which I wanted to give you an update um, of where we are to that. So we just set a goal. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what response we would get. Um, I just threw a number out there. And so our goal was $10,000 is $10,000 or actually our goal would be more than that, obviously, but I just set something to, to shoot at. And as of today, we've raised, um, through the GoFundMe donations. And I think you all that make donations, you can see, I believe, um, $5,555. That's just through the GoFundMe donations. And that's $100 here, $20 here, $500 here, $50 here. I mean, it comprises like 45 people that we just want to thank so much for, you know, just just contributing and being generous and, and you know, helping us help these people. Um, in addition to the $5,555 to date through the GoFundMe, we also received two um, checks from people um, that just decided to do it that way versus going through the GoFundMe of $2,000. So total what we've raised just through that was $7,555. In addition to that, we, um, this is a cool God story, but um, we have this a neighborhood app. It's called Nextdoor. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it, but basically it just gets, it's a way to communicate with your neighbors in your community. And I thought, well, you know, I've put this GoFundMe on our Facebook page, but how else can we make it more visible? And that's why I asked each of you, you know, if you're able to donate, great, even if it's $5, which I saw someone last night gave $5. I'm like, that's awesome. Like that, if everybody gave $5, it would make a huge impact. But so if you aren't able to give, then I said, if you could at least just share it. And if you can give, share that, share it too. Um, so we can get more exposure, more people that can help. 
Um, so I decided, you know, let's get more exposure. Let's put this on this next door app, this GoFundMe page, share our heart, share what our goal is with these funds, because a hundred percent of these funds are going to these two families. And actually I'm going to explain to more people. Um, and so when I did that, I received a response from a couple in our neighborhood that said, we're affiliated with a church here in Myrtle beach called city of hope. And it started out as a home group. And it's grown to where we're looking um, to actually partner with the church and, you know, rent out maybe to do our services. So basically, she said, we would we've been wanting to give towards the Bahamas, but we haven't figured out the best way to do it. Could we sit down and meet with you? And we didn't know them and they didn't know us. So I said, of course, please. So they came over that evening and we sat right here at this table and it was the couple and um, their pastor, who's this young man named Mitchell. And um, we sat down and just shared our heart. We shared about the people that we know in the Bahamas, because as you, many of you know, Brad and I went to the Bahamas every single year for like a little getaway vacation and it's near and dear to our hearts. It's just brought back so many memories and we've brought, you know, several friends with us to go and it's like our second home. And, um, so we just share our hearts with them and, um, it was definitely a God appointed thing. It's a long story that I won't bore you with, but you could feel the presence of the Lord when we were all together and we all prayed and we all held hands and, there was this connection that I can't even explain. Um, I, of course, was just teary-eyed being with these people and seeing that our, we were being knitted together far beyond the Bahamas. And um, so they also have contributed um, $1,000 as well. That's in addition to the $7,555. So... Brad and I were talking and, um, I have already wired almost $2,000 because what we've decided from the get go is any money raised, all of it will go between this young man, Wilson, that we know very well. That's in treasure K that lost everything. In fact, he described it to his boss that his whole world essentially evaporated before his eyes. And this is a young man that has impacted us and many, many others in the way that he treats you when you come and visit. He's the manager and oversees the local marina there in Treasure Cay, uh, Bahamas, which is just outside Marsh Harbor. And you can tell that this is a man that just loves people and wants people to be happy. And so half of the proceeds are going to him and his family and the other is going to Daryl Pender, who is a pastor that is associated with the 420 um, uh, fire ministry that Scott and Marcy Neary have in Kannapolis, North Carolina, and he's in Cherokee. Um, so we were talking about, okay, we've, we've wired some money to Daryl. And the reason we haven't been able to get anything to Wilson is because he hasn't, he's not in a position to receive money at this time. I mean, he has been, uh, relocated. He and his family evacuated to, I believe Miami, Florida and, Brad was lucky enough to speak with him today. I have not been able to. I have tried every means possible. For whatever reason, I can't get through. But he is in my Miami and said, thank you so much. And please tell everyone, thank you so much that this is going to greatly impact my family directly. But that at this time, if you could hold the funds until I'm in a position to get a bank account opened, because all the banks in the Bahamas, in the Grand Bahamas, are gone. The buildings are gone. The grocery stores are gone. The hardware stores are gone. 
everything's gone. Now where Daryl Pender is, there are some places open. So Brad was able to also bring cash that we've collected for Daryl. So he'll have cash. The money I wired, I'm giving you all this information in detail because I feel like it's it's a good way to, to show you that I'm trying to be a good steward with this money that y'all have given. And I just feel like we owe it to you to know what's happening with it every step of the way. And I just want you to know that it, it is going into the hands of the people that need it. And um, where we wired the money the other day, it was almost $2,000, was to Daryl's wife and kids who he put on a boat to get out into um, one of those tent cities. I believe it's... Um, Spanish Wells, um, and I could be wrong with that, but, um, and she is able to get some funds for her to survive there. Um, because right now where Daryl is, there's no power. He's running on a generator. He's running out of gas. Um, and they are getting supplies. That's what's been amazing in this whole journey is, you know, I wrote down, you know, you've got the Salvation Army and you've got the Red Cross and you've got, you know, Samaritan's Purse. And I mean, there's, You've got cruise ships that are donating million dollars. Disney, you do see all this, these supplies that are coming in. And yes, they are getting to people, but there's also some villages that aren't seeing um, any supplies come in. And so one of the things Brad wants to do is to get down there, assess it, you know, take some pictures, take some videos and see if he can't get into those um, areas that maybe aren't as like worthy for news or whatever some of those villages that just have a few people that haven't been able to leave and make sure that they're okay and that they have supplies he also wants to go and spend time in those tent cities they they've set up these tent cities where it's just these large tents with cots for people um so basically that is um a nutshell on the money that we've raised and um I was doing some research today on Fox News to see kind of where are they at now. And they're now basically it's a search and recovery mission at this point. Um, and that's been slow because of the significant ravage to the infrastructure. Um, I mean, the place that we stayed at every single year in Treasure Cay is called the Bahama Beach Club. And these are concrete block buildings and the second floor is framed with wood and many of these had those metal hurricane shutters that i think we're all familiar with that you think can sustain you know these heavy winds they were blown smack off these buildings and i've seen pictures after pictures of inside the whole roof's blown out and and you could just see someone's bedroom and the bed and just wood and and the insulation just thrown everywhere and um so um, I just, oh, and, and the other thing that Fox News was sharing was that um, I did see that they evacuated, you know, on a cruise boat nearly, nearly 1,500 survivors from the Bahamas that went to the port of Florida. And then another char chartered flight was bringing people from Marsh Harbor to Nassau. So I know that there's a lot of help out there. I know that the British Navy's there. I know that the Navy, or the Navy SEAL's there. Um, I know that, that the Bahamas is getting a lot of help, but we just wanted to do our part. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for partnering with us, um, for believing in us that the money will go to these people because they're going to have to start from square one. They said it's going to take years for, for Abaco's, Marsh Harbor, Treasure Cay 
to ever be livable, to be habitable again. I mean, the whole, they're going to have to literally plow everything out because there are, forgive me, but there are bodies that have just been embedded in the rubble and the stench they said is so bad that they did a, not a mandatory, but they did evacuation for the entire island of Marsh Harbor. And it is huge. That's where the airport is that we come into land to go to Treasure K. And it wasn't mandatory. There are people that have stayed. Um, and I can understand you wanted to stay with the home you've only known. And that's kind of the, the people that we want to be able to reach out to and help as well. Um, you know, in, in preparing for today, I was, you know, wasn't really prepared to be perfectly honest with you because all this happened so fast yesterday. And as I've shared with you guys, this is not my comfort zone, like speaking and all this is not my comfort zone. But when, when you know, you can make an impact and you can, you know, help to change the, um, the trajectory of someone's life. And even these small things that we do, you know, I know that it's, it's making a difference. Um, Brad had suggested um, that really kind of what we're doing reminded him of a scripture in Matthew 25, starting in verse 32. And I'm just going to read it to you guys. Um, it says, all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality? or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So, you know, as we, all of us, all of you, who have come together to help these people these two families in particular, um, we're helping the Lord. These are his people. <sighs> Sorry. And I just want to thank you so much. And um, we just want to pray for the people in the Bahamas um, and their loved ones. And we want to pray for Brad and Anthony as they travel to an area of unknown, to an uncertainty, you know, he doesn't even know how long he's going to be there. And in fact, the pilot said, I don't even know when, you know, I can pick you back up. So we're just going on faith and um, believing that Brad and Anthony's presence there is going to make a difference. And um, we just pray for protection over both of them. We pray for um, health over both of them, 
we pray for super natural um, divine um, intervention and capability um, to do whatever the Lord wants them to do. And we ask for the Holy Spirit to be with them every step of the way. And um, we just ask for their their safe return. And um, so I just wanted to end this. Um, and if y'all are <laughs> tired of seeing videos, then feel free to jump off. Um, this is also, I just thought it was really well done. It's three minutes long. And I'll just end it with this. I hope you're able to hear um, the audio part of it, but I'm just going to hope and pray that you can see this part as well. You are not hidden. There's never been a moment. You were forgotten, you are not hopeless Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your SOS, your no distance I cannot be covered over and over you're not defenseless I'll be your shelter I'll be your armor I hear
Well, thank you for joining us today and stay tuned. Uh, I know Brad will be posting. If he has any kind of cell service, he'll be posting um, updates and I will update you on what's happening there in the Bahamas. How is he doing? How's Anthony? I know he's going to be able to see Daryl. Um, so just thank you guys. Blessings on each and every one of you. And I hope you have a great day.